All right, so I am sitting here with Springfield Offensive Coordinator John Hebb, former Blue Boy teammate of mine, actually, as well. Uh, John, say hello to the folks in the podcast world. Hi, everybody. Uh, wanted to sit down with John again. I like to talk to, to coaches and guys I know that have been in the area. John, tell us, you've been a little bit everywhere. Let's kind of give us a little background of, of the Heber. Uh, well, my first year coaching in the state of Illinois was uh, 2009. Um, I was fortunate enough to get on Coach Graham's staff over at Route Catholic when he got hired. And I was there from 2009 to 2012 with him. And then the year following, I went to uh, New Berlin under Coach Creviston and uh, was there for the 2013 season. And uh, following that year, I became the head coach at Rushville Industry. And I was at Rushville for uh, 2014, 15, and 16. And then after the 2016 season, I made the move over to Springfield High. And here back I am. Back with Nate Graham again. Back with, back with Graham. We won't hold that against you. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to be the shortest defensive coordinator in the state. He's got to be maybe the shortest coach in the state. You you might have a point there. I mean, so he's got that going for he him. Does. He does. might have to add that he to does. his his bio. Yeah, his resume. So you, you, you've coached with a lot of different guys. You Your dad is a coach as well, correct? Correct. Heb is a Michigan man. Don't hold that against him. Um, who's been the biggest influence on your coaching philosophy? Um. Or who have you learned from the most, I guess? Quite honestly, um, I would say, um, besides my father, um, you know, growing up up in Michigan around him, and um, he, was a, he was an assistant coach at Muskegon High School for um, about 10 years, and I was fortunate enough to be the ball boy and water boy for, for that time um, growing up, and, and they're the winningest program in the state of Michigan. And, um, uh, so, I, you know, I learned a lot from him growing up, but... Um, I would say probably about my biggest influence um, outside of him would be uh, Irv Sigler Sr. and Irv Sigler Jr. Um, Irv Sigler Sr. was uh, the head coach at um, Olivet College in Michigan, and he's kind of the godfather of the power T offense. Ooh. And uh, um, his son, Irv Sigler Jr., um, I was lucky enough for him to uh, be very great, gracious and give me a uh, a volunteer assistant coaching position um, when I was taking a semester off from Illinois College rehabbing my shoulder. So um, that was at Granville High School in the Grand Rapids suburbs and uh, was fortunate to coach some really, really good <laughs> athletes uh, there. And that kind of opened my eyes to big school football. Yeah. So. All right. Well, so you have a wing tee, power tee background. That's what you guys did at Rushville, right? Yeah, we did. So in the spread here at Springfield Eye, you feel like you got a, you know a little bit of everything, jack of all trades? I feel like that, you know, um, I've always said adapt or die. And uh, I feel like with the, with the kids that we have at Springfield, um, you know, we, we've been blessed to have some outstanding athletes. And uh, so, you know, spreading out the field, and, and getting the ball to the kids in space, I felt like, um, and I think Coach Gully agreed with me going into this past offseason that that was going to be our best bet moving forward. And so um, Coach Gully handed me the keys, and, and I ran with it. And we, we installed our system over the summer, and, and we, were, we had a fairly successful season. Yeah, so let, let's talk about that a little bit. 
six and three uh, regular season. You were the city champs. Which you know, you know, beat SSU first time since '98. That was a huge deal. '99, sorry. <laughs> um, what kind of a, a recap? I know you came up short against Shepard uh, in the playoffs. You know, how would you kind of classify or uh, wrap if you had to give a little recap of the season? Um, well, you know, I, I felt like we, unfortunately, we started out on kind of a sour note, and we and we ended on a sour note. Um, also, um, you know, we we talked several times throughout the season and and we wish that we could have that MacArthur game back um, because you know w- did we feel like we played well enough to win not necessarily but uh, you know them them scoring with seven seconds left on the clock yeah. was that was just a dagger in the heart and uh, and you know if we if we had gotten that game and um, you know that totally changes the seating yeah. now now we're seven and two team and because of the tiebreaker with with SHG, we're probably the seven seed, quite yeah, honestly. Home game um, and, and all that, and yeah. and I want to say that that's nothing against you know Coach Spates and MacArthur because they had a great season too, and and by all means they they did what yeah. they needed to do to win that game. Um, but uh, you know after we kind of felt like after that game against MacArthur, um, you know I sat down with with our offensive line coach and and our. Uh, our quarterbacks coach and receivers coach and during our offensive game planning meeting and and uh you know having a freshman quarterback who that was his first time under the Friday night lights um we just kind of talked and we said you know where do we where do we go from here I mean do we do we continue to kind of keep the keep the leash on him or do we just say forget it let's just let's just let him go and and do his thing and uh at the end of that night we we decided you know let's let's not act like he's a freshman let's let's treat him like you know he's been doing this for a while and uh and then we went out against southeast the next the next week and um you know he threw for like 300 and some yards and we put up 45 yeah, points. Yeah, a huge and, win, too. Yeah, won a thriller in overtime, and, and Southeast, you know, played well enough to win that game as well. Um, and, and that's a credit to their kids and their program. Coach Coach Lover's got a good thing going over there, and and uh, they've got some great athletes. So the fact that we were able to, to pull that out, I um, it, it was it was huge for our season moving forward. And, and quite honestly, I – Felt like I was going to have a heart attack at the end of it. <laughs> I think that our trainer thought I was going to have a heart attack because she like put a huge bag of ice on my neck afterwards um, as I was sitting on the bench. Um, but uh, you know, the next week we we faced Glenwood on a, on a pretty yeah, wet side in the rain. Field. Yep, yeah, that was the, the game we did on. TV. Yeah, and and that was that. Was, we didn't feel like that game was indicative of who we were. Um, you know, we we I think we learned a lot uh, from a coaching perspective in that game as well um, in terms of, you know, having having a lot more footballs on yeah. hand and, <laughs> and maybe getting uh, – oh, what's that stuff they put on baseball fields? Uh, what, the diamond dry stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, get a bag full of that and keep the footballs in there. So Not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, Glenwood, Glenwood kind of ran the ball down our throats and Landon had a great game running the ball. Um, and uh, I think we lost twenty-seven to six. Yeah, and it wasn't. Yeah, it really wasn't. You had a punt return that got called back. 
Cam Jones took one of the house, got called back. Yeah, and and, and he did have a kickoff return yeah. for a touchdown. And the just the that the, that week was crappy. Yeah, <laughs> to, to put it, it mildly, and, it was, and, and, and it rained all day. And you know, Chatham had a great defensive front and yeah. front line on offense, yeah, absolutely. And, and they really really imposed their will against us. Um, we felt like, and and they were just able to pound the ball a little bit better than we were. Um, so. So obviously they came out on top. Um, you know the next, that what was it? I think after that game, you know, Coach Gully came in and said, said, "Hey, this is our playoffs now. Playoffs start this week, and uh, we felt like the kids responded pretty well. And I think we rattled off, oh, what was that? Four, five, and six. Yeah, we rattled off three, yeah, three in a row, in a row. Um, culminating with you know the the comeback against Sacred Heart Griffin, which." which was um, just a fantastic effort on our kids' parts. And, uh, you know, I think we told our kids at halftime, we were down 31-14, and we said to them, um, we just said, you know, we, don't, we didn't necessarily think it was a matter of, uh, of things not being there. We just felt like it was a matter of execution. We just said, you know, let's just settle down and, and do, do our thing. And, and uh, you know, fortunately, we were able to get – get some momentum rolling and and you know it's crazy because everyone talks about how momentum just takes over football games and and uh this is my 10th year um coaching in the state of Illinois and I don't think I've ever actually been a part of a game where the momentum actually you played a huge actually play, yeah. took yeah. over the game like like it did in in that game and uh and you know we were fortunate to make some great plays um at at very opportune times, you know, um, Aaron Bentley came up and, and and popped a kid on the one yard line when he made the catch, and and they fumbled and and we jumped on it, and then our uh, our our let's talk about the infamous fourth down play. <laughs> okay, but let's let's talk because I know there you, you you hear you see the highlights. You know, I know we've talked about it because I had to know what was going on as soon as I saw that. You got what was it? Fourth and ten? Was that the it was fourth and one? Fourth and one. Okay. From your eleven. From your eleven. Yeah. So what was what you guys came out of a timeout? What was kind of talked about at the? Um, kind of. I mean, where we were with it was we were going to punt. Um, we felt like that. You know, we're just like in our heads. We're like, you know, don't screw this up. <laughs> Um, and, and so we're just like, okay, we're going to punt. Um, but we, we wanted to just at least give it a shot and see if we could draw them off sides. And so, um, we, we gave the, you know, we gave the freeze call and, uh, and Rashad, Rashad did a great job with the freeze call. The whole offense did a great job with it. And, and he kept looking over at me on the sideline. And as he's looking at me, I'm talking to coach Gully saying, when do you want me to call a timeout? When do you want me to call a timeout? And, and his response to me was, well, I don't want to waste a timeout if we're only going to get five yards. And, you know, if, yeah. Yeah. if, if we're – I'd rather just take the penalty. And so I was like, okay. I was like, are you sure? Because, you know, for a litany of yeah. reasons. Yep. And then he's walking down towards me, and you can see it on film. He actually raises his hands to call a timeout. And at that point in time – the ball was snapped, <laughs> and I think it was one of those. At first, it was one of those. Oh no, oh yes, <laughs> you know. And uh, and and Taryn and Taryn had given 
um, Rashad, we call him Train, that's his nickname. Um, he'd given Rashad the the signal for for the slant and uh, and and Train saw it and he made the he made the call and uh, I, I mean the call was it was it was yeah, Virginia well, it was yeah. Virginia T Red was, was the call that he yelled out and, and you can even see him yell it out um, on the film and and then all of a sudden he snaps it and and I you know felt like we maybe caught him flat footed because they knew that we were trying to draw yeah. him off sides and so um, yeah we were fortunate to to catch that that pass and and Taryn took it all, all the way to the house and uh, we uh, the rest is history the rest is history yeah it's um, you know, I was just talking earlier today. That's you know, that's one of those that's one of those plays where it's like, okay, like th- that that kind of builds the legacy. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a play <laughs> that's going to get talked about around here for the next fifty years, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Just so of how big it was. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic play and uh, probably the craziest play that I've ever been a part of. Um, but uh, but it, I, I think it comes back to that conversation that we had as a staff going into the Southeast game, you know, of, and, and after that game, we gave him, we basically gave him the keys and said, if you see something audible and he did, he's a pretty special player. When did you guys realize, was it over the summer? Was it early in August that he was going to be a guy that you were going to have to try to find a way to get him on the field? I think, you know, um, we had we knew that we had Stephen um, uh, Busher coming in, um, and he was our he was our JV quarterback last year and did a did a very fine job on um, running the offense. I think our JVs went like six and two or five and three, something like that, last year, um, and and he did a really nice job um, with it. And so you know we were confident in him coming into the summer, and um, when when Rashad came, he basically just said, you know, he goes, I know, I know Stevens a, a junior and everything, kind of the incumbent, um, but he said, you know, he said, I want to compete, and he said, I'm just gonna, he said, I'm just gonna ask you, you know, just, just give me a chance, don't, don't like cancel it out in your head until you give me, you know, just give me a shot to compete, and so we said, okay, we'll we'll give you that shot, and so we basically went kind of rep for rep. Um, throughout June and everything, we did some seven on sevens, and and I think it was probably the um, we went to a seven on seven over at Mount Zion, and uh, and I think it was kind of after that seven on seven, we we really started to see a little bit of separation and and um, and just just with some of the things that he was able to do, and you know. Uh, like you said, he's a, he's a special kid, and I, and I don't really know how else to de, to describe it. Um, it's uh, I feel blessed and fortunate to to be able to coach him every day, and uh, you know, in terms of his football IQ, I think that's his that's his most dangerous weapon is is his, is his mind because he uh, you know he. He sees he sees a lot of things. Especially that, as a fourteen, fifteen year old kid. Exactly. He sees a lot of things that, that a lot of, you know, senior quarterbacks probably wouldn't see. Um and, and I, I made a comment to him uh actually during the Southeast game and I remember it. 
um, I said, I said, hey, I said, because I, I called a, I called a play, and because of what I, what I was seeing on the field from the defense, and he didn't throw the ball where, where I was hoping he would throw the ball, and he came off, and, and I smiled at him, and I put my arm around him, and I said, man, I said, I can't wait till, till your, your mind is just in, right there with mine, and you're seeing everything that I'm seeing, and why I'm, why I'm calling this the way that I'm calling it. I said once once we get to that point, I said you're you're really gonna you're really you're really gonna take off. And and I and I don't say that to like pat myself on the back or anything, but I mean he he did a fantastic job and uh, and uh, obviously had a had a heck of a yeah debut season as a freshman yeah. throwing six throwing. wins in the in the Central State Eight, which is you know a very tough conference. He's yeah. gonna. Give I think a lot of ulcers and uh, keep a lot of the other head coaches awake at night for the next three years. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. So let's let's talk about you know you guys were in the six A playoffs, lost to Shepherd. Uh, we won't talk about that. I don't want to bring up bad memories. It was, it was just know, a it was a multitude of of things that that kind of went wrong. It was it was a nightmare of a day starting yeah. at eleven o'clock. It was you know. When we talked about it, I kind of remind me of the replacements with Shane Falco talking about quicksand. Sounds like you guys were in a lot of that. Yeah, a little bit with the bus breaking down and <laughs> and everything. It was it was uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the most fun day that I've ever had as a, as a coach. But but I do you know I do give our kids credit because they they showed a lot of fortitude. I felt like in the second half, um, coming back and making a game of it, and and you know we. Kind of dug ourselves out of that quicksand yeah. a little bit, um, and then just you know we had a costly mistake there with about three minutes left, and they got a pick six, and and that was that was really the it was a ramp. Yeah, that was the difference in the game. That was the dagger. So we'll we'll talk about some other you know the only Central City team left, Rochester, um, playing Taylorville. What are kind of your thoughts or opinion on that game? You know, um, I think. The first thing is that I think of, you know, Rochester is always known for their offense, um, and Derek is so good um, with with that offense, and he sees things that that, that no one else <laughs> sees, um, you know, uh, and and uh, another IC guy. I see blue he, boys. He was he was my position coach my yeah. freshman year, but uh, taking over. Yeah, but um, you know. I, I think for as much as their offense is talked about and as and as and as well as their offense is clicking right now, I think the big story this year has been their defense ever since the SHG game. You yep. know, uh, and and watching that SHG game on film, that was not a characteristic. Game that was probably the worst half of football I think I've ever seen them play. Yeah, it was um, bad. And 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 you know, I was talking with Rich McMahon after our game, and and I said to him, I was just like, you know, you guys had, you guys had the scheme and everything. To, to exploit, you know, SHG's defense in that game. It was just a, a matter of execution, kind of like, kind of like our yeah. first half went. Um, but uh, and and you know, SHG played a heck of a game and and was able to to capitalize on some mistakes and, and miscues and and they were able to get the get the thing rolling and, and they ended up winning decisively. But but I think since that game. Their offense has been clicking, but their defense has just played lights out. And and I mean, against us, like their linebackers were just phenomenal. And and we, you want to talk about suffocating? They, 
they just absolutely suffocated our run game and uh and, and you know we're we come in flying high after the SHG yeah. win and everything and, and we were hanging right with them for a while and and eventually you know they just basically <laughs> they they just they just they just over overpowered us and and uh you know we we had a few miscues and and as soon as as soon as you do that against a team like Rochester you know they're going to capitalize and, and take advantage and um and uh, you know, I think if I think if Taylorville if if Taylorville wants to hang with them, they've got they've got to play a almost perfect game offensively because the Rochester defense is just so disciplined. Yeah, and I don't know if I was talking to you or somebody else. I the way I envisioned maybe Saturday going in Taylorville is kind of how your guys' game was. It's it, it's going to be tight for a while. I just think Rochester's going to pull away at some point. Just offensively in in defense, especially up front. I yeah, Taylorville's just not as big as as Rochester is. Or well, and and one of the things that I think Rochester's really hung their hat on this year that that they haven't necessarily as much in the past is their you know their ability to get into uh, a twenty one personnel or a or a twenty two personnel even and um, and sometimes even even a, a 31 personnel with with three backs in the backfield and and uh and just kind of pound the rock when when need be and uh you know when, when you got when you got the ability to do that and i mean it almost reminds me of dare i say michigan <laughs> under Harbaugh. but, but yeah, i mean yeah you know the the, the different formations yep. the pro style formations the spread formations um when you've got the ability to do that at the high school level you're going to give anybody a ton of a ton of issues, and 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 then you throw in all their unbalanced um, formations along with that, and it, and it really gives the defense um, a litany of issues. And uh, and you know I haven't seen Taylorville play. I know that the Odom kid is is a fantastic quarterback. Um, I was talking with Coach Warren, who is the linebackers coach at Rochester. Um, he said that you know hands down he's he's the the most talented quarterback that they've that they've seen in terms of I think mechanic mechanically and yep. and uh, just how sound he is as a football player um, so he said you know they've got their hands full on defense um, but uh, but you know I, I struggle I, I think I think Taylorville will have some success throwing the ball um, yeah we had some success throwing the ball against against Rochester but uh, but we were very one-dimensional that game um, and, and it was almost like you know we were kind of forced into that into that and so when they know it's coming it makes it a little bit yeah. and I would, to and I would say you're you know having the great pleasure to see Taylor Rowley and to see you guys I think your run game you guys had a, you have a better run game than they do mm-hmm. I mean you know they want to throw the ball or they want to screen pass and Odom's picked it up lately with uh, some more quarterback type runs but again I think if if Rochester can make them one-dimensional it could be a, a long night over there in Taylorville yeah yeah yeah, and if they're throwing the ball, that might really be a little bit. Well, you know, you uh, you live in the Triopia district. Oh. I know you know the Triopia guys, um, yeah. and you're familiar with the football over there on the western half of the state. So we'll t- we'll talk a little one A action okay. with with Camp Point Triopia. What are what are kind of some insights to that game that our listeners might not know about? Man, you know, um, Triopia the the WIBC North this year I think is it was it was kind of a 
kind of an enigma because <laughs> you know you you've got the three A team Beardstown, um, and and they just they were just mowing through everyone, and and uh, you know they they beat Camp Point fairly soundly. Mm-hmm. I think it was forty two twenty four or something, yeah, like that. something like that. But but I want to yeah. say they were up by quite a bit more. Yeah. Um, it, um, and, and I could be wrong on that, but uh, but then you've got you know Camp Point the first time they played Triopia, they they kind of waxed Triopia. I think it was like forty two to seven or something. Well, yeah, it wasn't really close. No, and uh, and then and then Triopia comes in and and they knock off Beardstown. So so there was a three way tie for the for the conference championship, and um, you know in in kind of talking to some people in the Triopia area, obviously um, you know I. I gotta. If I if I have to be biased, I'm gonna be biased. <laughs> it's all right. The, towards the Columbia Blue and Navy. Um, uh, my wife is a graduate of Triopia, so. Um, but you know, in talking to people in in the community, that was far and away Triopia's worst game, and and uh, they you know they kind of said that it was uh, an uncharacteristic game in terms of. How sloppy they played offensively and, and defensively, they just didn't look quite right. Um, so, you know, I went to the Triopia Arcola game last last week, and uh, and it, that was actually the second time I saw Triopia play because I went to the Triopia route game earlier in the year. And uh, you know, Triopia's offensive line is is very big and very mobile. And to be perfectly honest, if some of them wanted to move into District 186, <laughs> I'd, be perf- I'd be fine with that. We could find them a spot, <laughs> yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, they, they've, got some, they've got some big athletic kids on the offensive line, um, and they've got you know uh, Michael Burns at the fullback spot and Zach Thompson, uh, Coach Thompson's son, at the, at the tailback spot. And I think, I think Zach is approaching 2,000 yards rushing yeah, for the season. He's up there. Yeah, um, and, and I think Michael Burns has around 1,000. So... So right there between those two guys, you've got almost 3,000 yards of, of offensive production. And they haven't had to pass much, but when they have, it's been effective. Um, I want to say I, I think they were 3-for-3 three three on Saturday against Arcola. That's a good percentage. Um, yeah, and, and one of them, the, um, Brady Beard actually uh, got – it was called a fumble on the goal line, um, and it went out of the back of the end zone, and so it was a touchback for Arcola. Uh, I think a lot of Triopia fans would argue that it had broken the plane <laughs> already. I think Brady would argue, and his dad would argue that it had broken the plane. But um, but it, it all's well that ends well, and he got his touchdown catch later on in the in the game anyway. <laughs> um, but you know, on the on the flip side, Camp Point is um, also very very big and very athletic, and they've just got. You know, back after back after back. I, th- I think they've yeah. got about eight guys that they can rotate they can throw at, yeah. through the yeah. backfield and just keep them fresh. And uh, Coach Dixon does a great job with their their weight training, and their off season stuff, and and uh, he's got a lot of really good athletes. And and if and the thing I think with Coach Dixon that that's really impressive is you know he'll have a freshman come in who's a very very maybe below average athlete. And then by the time they're a senior, they're you know they're they're a pretty yeah. stellar athlete. Um, just just from going through their program, and uh, so I don't honestly I don't know what to expect. I'm kind of expecting like a a fourteen to six, fourteen to eight ball oh, game. Okay. Um, I I really think that that both teams I think defensively you know um, um, 
Camp Point runs, you know, I feel like Camp Point's really, really smart with their defense because they know that it's going to be a wing T team that they mostly see. But in case they see a spread team like, you know, Greenfield or, or Carrollton, they, they have that a 3-5 base. But when they see the wing T, then they just walk the guys <laughs> down as a 5-3. Um, you know, uh, I think Triopia is more of a traditional – 52-53 uh, defense. Coach Phelps, the defensive coordinator, is one of my um, one of my neighbors. Is uh, he lives I think four houses down from me. So um, you know, and, and he's been a staple there for for years. And and uh, I think uh, I just I think right now with with how they're both playing, they're both flying around. I saw some of the Camp Point Carrollton highlights yep. and everything. Defensively, they were just flying around. And for for playing the same team. That they played two weeks ago, um, and to and to just come put out it, and, and put really put it on them, yeah. um, the way that they did coming off of a game where they, you know, where the where they beat them soundly, but but not near as sound the first time as they did the second time, um, was was extremely impressive, and and I think um, you know with the way that Triopia's defense is playing as well, they're flying around and, and making plays, and and you know. You can always tell when a when a defense is is awesome at the small school level is when you're on the sideline and you hear that pop. You know when they when they tackle and you hear the pop, you know that those kids are are getting after it. And uh, I expect to hear a lot of popping tomorrow at the game. Yeah, I think it's it's you know Camp Point's one of those programs that's been on the cusp of making that state title game. They've mm-hmm. they've been in semifinals, quarterfinals, just never gotten over that hump. What was it, 2009, 2008, Triopia's last state title? 2008, yeah. 2008, so um, I had a, a a farmer tell me this team is similar to that one. I don't know how true that is because I kind of remember the 2008 team. But it, it, I, w- I would say that the, the 2008 team, um, I think their offensive line was a little bit bigger. Um, and... Honestly, I think across the board they were just a little bit bigger, um, but I don't necessarily know that they were faster or anything like that. You know, David Arndt was a was a heck of a yeah. tailback, um, and I was fortunate to coach his little sister in track, and she was an outstanding track athlete <laughs> for me. Um, but uh, and and then I coached his little brother too for a year at route. But um, you know, I I would say that that's a a fair comparison. I know the 2012 team. I think it was. Made the semis yep. and lost yep, to lost Maroa. To yeah. Um, and and that team also had you know a lot of similarities I think with the 2008 team, um, but uh, you know, anytime you get to this point in the playoffs, it's you got to have some you some bounces. Some <laughs> well, you got to have some horses and and you've got to have some luck be yeah. on your side, and uh, and you know I think whoever whoever comes out tomorrow and makes the fewest mistakes. It's probably probably going to be the team that wins because they're both so sound. Well, that's it's a lot of good insight. So <laughs> to kind of you know last kind of thing we'll we'll kind of talk about moving into you know we're in the quarterfinals. The two one seven area is usually pretty blessed with with football talent. Do you see any potential state championship or or even state title game makers or do you see any other do you see any teams you know one a through 6A around here that I predict there's at least going to be three. I might be crazy with that, but 
between the, the Jacksonville, Springfield, Decatur area, I just think there, we're going to have at least three teams. We usually have about two or three. So I think I, you know, in 1A, I, I think my gut tells me, and this is nothing against AO or Moequa, um, but uh, my gut tells me that whoever wins tomorrow between Camp Point and Triopia is going to be the Southern representative for 1A. Now, my gut goes four ways when it comes to the 1A North <laughs> because, holy cow, you got Dakota, you got Forreston, you got Lena, and then you got Aurora, Aurora Christian, Christian Yeah, of that that is... Let's not talk yeah. about them. They bring up bad memories for <laughs> I, my I, coaching yeah, career. I, I understand, and, and yeah. they were in 4A when... <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> or was it... It, it was, was 3A. It was 3A. 3A. Yeah. Okay, 3A. Um, but, uh, but, you know, they're... They're in that conference with uh, Elm, Elm, uh, Immaculate Conception. Yeah, yeah Elmhurst, Immaculate yeah, Conception. Bishop Mack. And yeah. Bishop Mack, and I think that was their only two losses this year. Uh, I, th- I thought they had three. I think they lost to somebody else, yeah. Okay. Well, I think they were six and three going into the playoffs. Well, that, <laughs> that's a pretty stout conference. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like if. I feel I kind of feel like if they lose, it's going to be to someone who, just like you said, has a bunch of horses, and 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 that might be Lena. I know they just had a kid commit to, to Iowa. To Iowa. Yeah. Um. um but uh, yeah. I, I feel like no matter what, no matter who comes out of the north, I feel like the the south team might might have a have a difficult time. Yeah. So lost three in a row. Lost to Immaculate Conception, 44 nothing. Lost to my boys at St. Francis and Wheaton, 28-20. Okay. And then lost to Bishop Mac, 38-13. Okay. So all Catholic League uh, losses. Yeah. And then, you know, squeaked by Wheaton Academy in Week 9. But, again, uh, I think everybody was surprised against their game against Weathersfield, but they really put it on Princeville last week, who was a one seed. So... Well, and yeah, I was looking. I, I saw that score, that twenty six twenty score yeah. against Weathersfield, and I was like, and then I went back, and you know, that just proves that the transitive property doesn't mean anything because Princeville, like they they housed Weathersfield during the regular yeah. season. I think it was forty two to nothing. Yeah, and uh, and then, and then turn around. You, know, you never know what can happen once yeah. you get to playoff. Time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, one A. I, I you know, and and I hope. Um, I hope for for Brad and I hope for Rich that that whoever comes out tomorrow on top it comes out healthy and that they're able to go into the the semifinal game against. Um, can I make a prediction? On yeah, that? you were okay. here. All we're all for uh, predictions against against who who I feel will be Central A and M. I picked A and M and Triopia to win. Yeah, so. I, I feel like I feel like with the um, with the conference with the CIC. And the competition that Central A&M faces, and and uh, you know they they caught their lunch a couple times um, against Tuscola and against uh, Saint T, but a lot but, of people but, have. Well, yeah, a lot of people have, but but at the same time, you know, when you look at those scores, um, just from an outsider's perspective, they they were still somewhat competitive. Boy, and they're both close games at halftime. Yes, they just didn't um, have the the guys to to yeah, keep up with. Yeah, those teams. And and so I I feel like Central A&M. Um, has a has a great shot of of uh, getting back to the semifinals, um, and then I part of me just feels like the the difference might be the wing tee. 
uh, you know, once you get deep into November and I mean, crap, there's snow. It's snowing outside. Snowing right now. So yeah, gotta um, love it. So I, I feel like the wing team might be the the difference maker there um, in the semifinals. Uh, you know, I guess moving on to two A. Two A. I feel like I feel like it's gonna come down to Moroa and uh, Saint T in the. And that'll be a semifinal. That game, would be right? a semifinal game. Uh, I yeah. feel like that. I feel like that's almost destiny. <laughs> um, you know, going back to the old Okaw Valley. Yeah. And uh, and um, that, I don't know. My my gut tells me Saint T, but the other half of my my head tells me to not bet against Josh Jostis. Yeah. So it's kind of how I feel too. Yeah. Um, I I kind of think that game's a toss up and. Um, you know, it could be one of those games where whoever got the ball last. Absolutely. Um, because you know, you look at what you look at what uh, Jacardi Wright was able to do last week against Athens. Yeah, I was and, there in person. He yeah. is as good as advertised. Yeah, that, and that, <laughs> and honestly, that uh, I don't want to say I was too shocked because Coach Lovecamp, um, another trial. Shout out Lovecamp. Yeah, he's out, a blue boy. Shout out to Trenton Lovecamp. Uh, um, you know. He asked me what I thought was going to happen. I said, ah. "I said I just have this feeling that Saint T's going to win," and uh, but I didn't. I didn't see it going down like that. Um, and uh, and you know I've got great respect for for Ryan and, and Joe and and Zach and Bill and Willie Thompson and all those guys over there at Athens. I mean they they came over to Rushville my first year and absolutely <laughs> put it on us. And uh, and so and. Dang it! I'm o- I'm owing two against them because <laughs> they beat us by a point that year at New Berlin. They scored with like a minute left and got the two point conversion for the win. So that was that was one of those games of Hancha. Well, and I think if you, you know, I stayed around and talked to those guys after the game, and they didn't expect that. They knew they were yeah, they had a tall task, but mm-hmm. I mean, they only had 95 yards of offense, and, and nobody has, has done that to them. And yeah. uh, they just. I came away impressed with St. T's uh, front line offensively, defensively, because mm-hmm. you know you had heard they were they were good, but you didn't know how good just with who they had played. They shut Ethan. They got Ethan's out of of what they do. They got him out of rhythm. It was mm-hmm. it was impressive. And Jacardi writes unbelievable. He's, <laughs> he's a man. Yeah, <laughs> he's not forty yet, but he's a man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my Gundy. Um, you know I I feel like. Uh, I feel like um, Rochester. I feel like I feel like they'll be the South representative, um, and and I want to say, I want to say that I think they'll hoist the trophy. Um, but For, well, actually, wait. They would if they win. They would play either Highland. Or, no, 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 Highland's five eight. Highland is they five eight. They would play Bishop Mack or Bishop Mack or right? Effingham. Yeah. So if. So if Rochester were to win, they would be home against Effingham. They would be on the road at Bishop Mack. And same thing with you know, Taylorville. Yeah, they'd be home or they'd have to go to, to Bishop Mack. Boy. For the, the Central Illinois homer in me and to show, I really want the rest of the state to see that, you know, football below I-80 is something to, yeah. to deal with. And that's why I really want Rochester or Taylorville or, or somebody to Effingham. Somebody to pull off something. No, I and I agree, and I, and I've been impressed with Effingham's run this this postseason yeah. because they on paper when I saw some of their matchups, I did not necessarily expect them to come out on top. Um, yet when I get on 
Twitter like every Saturday morning or Sunday, it's like, you know, Effingham football. <laughs> hey, so proud of our guys and, and everything. I'm like, all right, that's awesome. Um, the potential for a Bishop Mac Rochester yep. game intrigues me greatly. Um, and uh, I forgot the coach, Coach Z, right? Yeah. The, what, I didn't, he's been up at Bishop I, Mac for like 40 years. Yeah. He, um, third in wins behind yeah, Ken Leonard he, and Franklin. He's he's a legend, um, obviously, and and you know it's it's uh when you're when you've got a legend coaching in a in a game of that magnitude, it's really really difficult to to bet against them. But I feel like I feel like we're in the presence of a of a of a legend. Yeah. You know, in in our own right with with Coach Leonard and. Uh, I uh, haven't known him for as long as I have. I, I wouldn't bet against him. <laughs> no. In in a game like that. No. Um, so so yeah, I I would say I think Rochester has a an outstanding shot of, of getting to the uh, to the game, and then all bets are off. All bets are off once you get there. Um, it's immaculate conception. I know that'll be the game that. I think that's the game the state wants yeah, to see. I I honestly do. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and once you get there, they, like you said, all bets are off. Again, I I feel like Immaculate Conception might give some matchup problems top to bottom um, based on their size up front yeah. and their their uh, athlete's ability to, you know, potentially man up, um, you know, the, the great receivers that Rochester has, um, you know, namely Eddington and, and Lewis. Um, so I, I feel like that could be some matchup problems for Rochester. However, again, I'm betting against. I'm not. Laird. I'm not. I'm <laughs> gonna take a. I'm gonna take a page out of DP's book, and I'm not gonna bet against Darren <clears throat> Leonard. So, um, and, and and I hope for for the sake of the conference. You know, I, you know, with with Glenwood losing a heartbreaker last week, and SHE losing a heartbreaker, and and uh, MacArthur getting knocked out, and us getting knocked out. You know, uh, they're kind of our our last hope, yeah. and. Uh, and we feel like we're a pretty good conference, and from from top to bottom, and uh, and you know, so so from that standpoint, I I hope that it's him. <laughs> I'll Rochester. It's him. Yeah. Um, right. Who else were you talking? You said six uh, A, Well, you know, five A, six A. It's really, I mean, six A Normal West is, I guess, our only local hope. Five um, A. I think Highland might be the the only local hope in five yeah, A. Really, they got JCA. They got JCA who's on a bit of a run themselves. Yeah. But again, when you you're playing in the Catholic League, if you can get to five, you're probably going to be. Yep. And I would even say that around if in the CSA in the Sangamo, if you can get to five wins, it's all about the draw. You're you're gonna be probably pretty well off. Yeah. You're you're gonna be okay. It's, you know, it's it's all about the draw. <laughs> it, it really is. <laughs> really is so all right well you know i'll wrap i appreciate you kind of sitting down and, and talking with me a little bit and hey man have fun like it that went a little longer than i expected yeah it went to. longer but i think it was a lot of good <laughs> stuff i think you know we're everybody's gonna enjoy it you, you know a little peek behind the curtain here at springfield high and hopefully you know. they've got some good driving time <laughs> so they don't get too hey, bored well you gotta drive to a game somewhere <laughs> yeah. so um thank you again for for joining the illinois high school sports guys podcast well hey thanks for having me appreciate All right. it john hebb everyone round of applause in your car for him <laughs> thanks